welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. I want us to focus on what he talks about the reward and the blessing of living the incomparable life. And this is found in verses 9, 10, and 11. Let's read them together, shall we? Everyone together, would you read them out loud? For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure... They keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my beloved sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. If you do these things, you never stumble. You'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to notice the things he says are the specific blessings of living the incomparable life. They keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. You're not nearsighted. You're not blinded. You're cleansed from past sins. You confirm your calling and election. You never stumble in your walk. And your entrance into the eternal kingdom is increased and enriched and certain. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Amen? Now, Jesus took this a little further. In the book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3, he specifically listed... The rewards that are going to be given to those who are steadfast and faithful. Let's read them together. Look here. Revelation chapter 270 says you're going to eat from the tree of life in the middle of paradise. That's really cool. He said we're going to receive a crown of life. James talked about that in James 1. He said blessed is the man that endures temptation for when he's tried he receives the crown of life. Amen. Like that. And, And second death won't hurt you. There are actually two deaths. Most people are not aware of this. When a person does not receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when he dies, he goes to hell. The fiery part beneath the the earth. But at, at at uh, at the great white throne, after Jesus Christ has ruled and reigned a thousand years on the earth, The great white throne is set up. All of the wicked dead are raised up and brought before the great white throne. Their name is not written in the book of life. And so all of their sinful behavior and all the times that they've refused to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. All that is read to them out of the books of life, it says. And then they are cast into the lake of fire where they spend all of eternity forever and ever in the lake of fire. And that's called the second death. But folks, 
When you've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, neither one of those deaths happened to you. Do you know why? Because when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you receive eternal life. And so you never really die. You just step from this life to be with God eternally with him. You don't die. Death has no power over you. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? It's gone because Jesus Christ took it away and gave us eternal life. Well, I could just make a whole sermon out of that. Revelation 2.17, you eat from the manna and you get a white stone and a new name. That's really cool. You're given authority over nations, and you, res- and you get the morning star. I don't know what that means, but that's really cool. <laughs> you know what it means to get the morning star? I mean, I know what the morning star is, right? It, you probably don't, especially if you live in the city, you don't see it. But if you ever hung out in the big sky country of Montana, you see the morning star. And it's really, really cool. And I always kind of think that maybe that's just, that's our, our little glimpse of the third heaven for just a second, you know. But look at, look at these promises. Wow. You're going to get white garments. Your name's blotted, not blotted out of the book of life. A couple weeks ago, I was telling the, the 830 morning worship. I said, now, now, look here. If your name is not going to be blotted out of the book of life, then that naturally means your name can be blotted out of the book of life. You really don't want that to happen. Because then you get the second death. What I just talked about a moment ago. Man, now I know there are those who go, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 there's no wait, 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 wait. This is the Lord Jesus Christ himself speaking. And he is saying... One of our rewards when we live the incomparable life and we're faithful and we're steadfast and we're overcomers to those who overcome our name is not blotted out of the book of life. And he knows what he's talking about. Amen. Amen. And oh, what a what an incredible blessing. Jesus Christ will confess your name before father and his holy angels. You know what this means? This is really cool. You know what it means to confess your name before heavenly father? Jesus is going to go, oh, by the way, here's my bride. I want, Father, here's my bride. Here's my new bride. Darcy Bauer, meet my new bride. Whoo! Amen. Amen. That's pretty neat. All of heaven hears it. No one takes your crown. Oops. Hold on, team. I got to do a little mechanical work here. I think my battery just died in my pointer. Oh, well. Did it go? Oh, there. Woo, okay, here we go. Hey, it's back on. No one takes your crown. You're given a pillar in the temple of God. You never go out again. The name of God, the name of the city of our God, and Jesus' name is written on you. Hey, that's really cool. Back several years ago, I was listening to Dr. Jack Hayford teach on on this very passage of scripture here in uh, Revelation chapter 3. And he said, this is really neat. I have written on me, what? 
the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, and what? Jesus' name. It's all written on me. So I'm not going to get lost in the mail. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to arrive at the right spot. You know? Yeah, it's kind of silly, but think about that. Think about what that means. This clearly is saying you are given a whole new identity. An identity that identifies you with Heavenly Father and with Almighty God very, very clearly. You are given a very clear new identity. No wonder if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. This, listen, look, and you sit with Jesus in his throne. You sit and you rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me, let me just say to those that, that have been faithful shepherds and pastors. And I know we got, we, we got Dave back there and, and Clayton and Chief over here and others that have, you've been faithful pastors and shepherds. You've got a special promise for faithful shepherds and pastors. You're going to receive a crown of glory. No one else gets that. In scripture, it's no one else gets that crown of glory except those that have been faithful shepherds under our Lord and Jesus who is the chief shepherd and bishop. Oh, guys, listen. You don't want to miss this. But Peter goes on in this, in this second epistle and in the third chapter he says, but you know, in the last days, there are going to be those who are scoffing and saying, ah, oh, yeah, where's the promise of coming? Nothing's changed. It's all been the same. Nothing's changed. And I hear this. I actually hear people say that. You know, nothing's changed. It's all been the same. And they mock. But dear ones, Peter said, listen, listen to this. Peter says, they are willingly ignorant, it says in the King James. One translation says, they willfully forget. They're they're, they're choosing. They're making a choice. They choose to close their eyes and not see what really is going on. And as as those who want to live the incomparable life and, and live it out well, we must choose to stay alert and to watch the Lord Jesus Christ himself multiple times said to us watch be alert you don't know the day or the hour of my coming we can't know that in another place in Matthew and here we are now we're in Matthew chapter 24 if you're there look right at the very beginning when the disciples said to him Lord Lord when will these things things take place and what's the promise of your coming jesus said this do not let anyone deceive you and the reason is because in as we get near the end time the level of deception the level of distruth disinformation rewrite 
revisionism. It's going to take place. And because of disinformation, because of distruth, because of rewrite, because of revisionism, because all of that is going on, it's going to be very easy to be deceived. It's going to be very easy to willfully choose to not see what really is going on. And the Lord Jesus Christ is telling you and I, it's very important. If you really intend to live the incomparable life, then you must also intend to live very alert, very watchful. Stay, stay very in tune with Holy Spirit. Have ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to receive. Because we're living in a time. And Jesus then went on and he gave three arenas, three sign markers that we need, that we need to be alert to. Now, I'm, I'm not actually going to go, go through these in great detail. But the first four, verses four through eight, he said, these are the beginning. These are the beginning. The end is not yet. This is just the beginning. And so, yeah, look at those. But understand, those aren't, those aren't the ones that really are going to scream out at you. The ones that really need to be screaming out at you is uh, the ones in verses 9 to 14. Because he said, then the end will come. Oh. Well, what kind of things are going on there? Well, he said, one of the things is, he says, there's going to be really severe persecution. There's going to be this insane hatred of Christians this this unreasonable hatred and vile feelings about Christians Christians will be considered the problem in the world I think about oh it's probably been 20 years back now when Janet Reno was the attorney general of the United States and, and she was declaring that anyone who believed that the Bible was the infallible word of God and who considered themselves fundamental evangelical Christians, that they were dangerous to America. Well, of course. If, you, if you're someone that believes there is an absolute truth, we should. If we believe that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords and he has a name above all other names, if we believe that it's not the government that gives us our inalienable rights, but it's Almighty God that gives us our inalienable rights, then we are very dangerous to a socialist kind of government. Because they want to tell you that it's the government that gives you all of those things. It's the government that gives you your rights. It's the government that tells you you have worth and value. And I'm saying to you, no, no. It's Almighty God that says you have worth and value. It's Almighty God that says that life has value from the womb to the tomb. And so wherever you are on that process, whether you're still in the womb... Or whether you are about to step into eternity. Wherever you are on that continuum. God says you have worth and value. And mankind does not have the right to take that life. See and, and when, when, when you 
when you believe that, when, when, when Christians believe there's an absolute moral right and moral wrong, then we're dangerous. And so we, and, and there comes, he said, there's going to come this insane hatred of Christians and they will murder you and think they're doing good by murdering you. But we're, we're living in that time. We're living in that time. Let me just show you something. Inside America. Go ahead and go to the next slide for me. Inside America. This is, this is amazing. Okay. From, from 1980 to 2005. This 25 years. There was 139 shootings inside churches. And 185 people were killed. But look at this decade. 147. In 10 years. More than in 25 years. That's 10 years. And over this last year. That number is continuing to grow. And the number of people killed, and I searched and searched, I diligently, but they've not yet released the number of how many were killed in that decade. But what do we know? Well, we know in just, in, in, in just what, a few weeks ago, in 2017, there were 26 killed in just one shooting, right? In Texas. It's, it's, it's stunning what's going on. This, 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 this insane hatred against Christians, and it's growing. The, 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 the couple in Clackamas that, that owned that bakery, and, and, they're, and they're evil because, because they wouldn't bake a cake for a same-sex wedding because it violated their Christian beliefs and their, and, and their moral beliefs. And so they're evil because, because they take that stand. There's, there's this growing, and, and, and that's what Jesus said. There's going to come this lawless culture. There's going to come this lawless culture. And with this lawless culture, agape is going to grow cold. Now, agape can only happen inside the church because agape is God kind of love. He wasn't talking about Stargoss, which is family kind of love. He wasn't talking about, uh, uh, you know, brotherly kind of love, right? Okay. He was talking specifically about agape. Agapeo is the Greek word here in Matthew 24. God kind of love. The kind of love that is 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love. The kind of love that can only come from the Holy Spirit. And he is saying that kind of love is going to grow cold. And lawlessness is going to abound. But not only that, there's going to come false teachers in the church. Because the church is going to move into what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. When he said, as, as she read today, that day will not come except there come what? An apostasy is going to come first. And it's interesting because in the last days there's going to be two simultaneous things happening. On the one side, there's going to come this loss of agapeo. This love is going to grow cold. Lawlessness is going to abound. There's going to come these false teachers. It says in, in uh, Timothy, in both First and Second Timothy, it talks about that they're going to have this, that they're going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears that will, that will, they will gladly listen to false teaching. And they will give themselves over, they will heed seducing spirits they will yield to and obey deceiving spirits 
And even doctrines of demons. This is, we're talking inside the church. We're not talking about out in the world. We're not talking about Hinduism or that. No, we're talking about inside the church. There's going to come this great apostasy. At the same time, he talks about that in the last days, and when you read Joel chapter 2, it's describing perfectly the last days. Matches perfectly with Matthew 24. There's going to come this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. There's going to come this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And what he talks about here in Matthew 24, in, in verses 9 to 14, when he says that while, while all this, this persecution and murder and lawlessness and, and false teaching and, and uh, the dying of agape love, while all that's going on, at the same time, the gospel is going to be preached in all nations. So there's this, this dual thing going on. You just got to make a choice on which side you're going to be on. Are you going to be over here? Or are you going to be on over here? And dear ones, listen, make no mistake of it, we're living in that time. I'm going to step over here for a second. How can you explain things like that out of the church there's this teaching that there's gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is simply psychobabble. It is, it is the church being willing to listen to the doctrines of men instead of the word of Almighty God. The word of Almighty God says this. It says the Almighty God formed you in your mother's womb. He shaped you in your mother's womb. According to a blueprint. He had it all written before the foundation of the world. He had it written in a book. And he formed you in your mother's womb according to God's design and plan for your life. But gender dysphoria, psychobabble, would say, but in that forming, somehow there came this confusion. Then God, God made a mistake and put a man in a woman's body or put a woman in a man's body. Are you kidding me, Really? You're telling me the almighty God in the middle of creating you in your mother's womb got confused from, looked away or got distracted or something or other and accidentally put a woman in there instead of a guy. Are you kidding me? See, that's, that, is, that is humanism and psychobabble and yet... Yet there are those inside the gospel preaching Pentecostal movement that want us to accept that kind of psychology that violates God's word. And and to teach that instead of teaching God's word, I'm saying to you, we must not allow. You're going to accept that? Are you going to stand on the fact that there's an infallible, inerrant, Word of God, and we're going to preach the Word of Almighty God. Well, I can tell you, Living Faith Church, we're going to preach the Word of God. We will not let rewrite revisionism, tolerance, 
We're not going to let that determine what is preached and taught. We're going to teach the word. Because anything less leaves you too vulnerable. Another arena that he talked about. Could you go back for me? You, you got, I'm sorry, you got ahead. I apologize. You go back for me. Go back one more slide for me. Then I'm going to have you come forward. There's a third arena in verses 15 to 21. Where Jesus said, then there will be great tribulation. Not as the world has seen in all of its history. Now, now listen closely. Jesus is saying there's going to be tribulation that has not been seen in all of the world's history. And that Matthew, Matthew puts this parenthetical thought in there and he says, let the reader who reads take heed. Listen. Listen, pay attention. Be alert. See, those, those who want to say to you, you know, you know what? It's, it's all, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. It's all the same. And, and I'm saying to you, oh, no, it's not the same. Things have changed. We are living in a time and a season that has never been in history. And, and when, we're, when we're looking at these sign markers that Jesus said, look, then the end will come. And we're, we're living in that time. And when Jesus said, look, this is when, this is when the great tribulation is going to come on the earth. And the tribulation is going to be so great that if those days were not shortened, no one would survive. No one would survive if those days weren't shortened. And we know both Old and New Testament, the scripture tells us it will only be seven years long because it is going to be the worst seven years that you could even imagine. You, you can't imagine what those seven years are going to be like. And so it's, it's only seven years long because if it was longer, no one would survive. And it's going to be the last seven years of history as mankind has ever known. At the end of those seven years, the Lord Jesus Christ himself is going to physically come back to earth along with his holy angels and along with all the saints. And we're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ for 1,000 years on planet earth. But leading up to that 1,000 years is the seven years of the history that is, is the most cataclysmic thing you can ever imagine. At one point, one-fourth of the human beings living on planet Earth. Right now, there are what, six billion people on planet Earth? Can you imagine one-fourth dying? I mean, that's, that's, that's what? One and a half billion people? Can you imagine? It's going to be, the, it's going to be a level of, of cataclysmic that, that goes beyond anything that Star Wars or any other sci-fi could even dream of. And Jesus said, 
This is how you're going to know that we're right at the great tribulation. How are we going to know that, Jesus? You're going to see the abomination. Now go to the next slide for me. Two slides down. You're going to see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel. What in the world is the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel? Well, it is, it is an event that takes place. It's described first in the book of Daniel chapter 9. But the apostle Paul also refers to it in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Where Pastor Darcy read for us this morning. It's where there's, there's this guy that's called the man of sin in Second Thessalonians. In the book of Daniel, he's called the little horn. Go back. You're getting ahead of me here. This man of sin is going to rise to power. He's going to make a covenant with the Jewish people for seven years. Halfway through that seven years, he's going to break the covenant. So in three and a half years. Now it's interesting because it talks about a seven-year covenant in Daniel. But in the other places, it talks about how the, this great tribulation is going to be seven years long. So what do we know? They're simultaneous. There's multiple places that talks about that, that this little horn... This man of sin, he's called the beast in Revelation. That this man of sin is going to rule for seven years. And he says he's going to make a covenant with Israel for seven years. But he'll break the covenant halfway through. And when he breaks the covenant, when he breaks the covenant, he's going to set himself up in the temple to be worshipped as if he's God. Well, what did he say in Revelation? He said, that day shall come first, set to come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who will set himself up in the temple of God to be worshipped as if he was God. So... Second Thessalonians is describing exactly the same thing as talked about in Daniel chapter 9, which the Lord Jesus Christ himself said is going to be the sign that the great tribulation is upon you. Now, these are the things that we know about the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel in the book of Daniel. There has to be the restoration of Jewish worship and the sacrifice. The Jewish temple has to be rebuilt because he can't set himself up in the temple to be worshipped to God if there's no temple. He can't stop the worship and says specifically he's going to stop the Jewish sacrifice. He can't do that if there's not Jewish worship going on in the, in the temple. You get it? Okay, what do we know? There has to rise an Arab leader that makes a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. This Arab leader will break the peace treaty after three and a half years and cut off Jewish worshipers and set himself up to be worshipped. And there will be worldwide murder of Jews and Christians. Now watch this. Now go to the next slide for me. Why do you call him an Arab leader? The reason I call him an Arab leader is because in the book of Daniel... He's called the little horn. In 2 Thessalonians, he's called the man of sin. In the book of Daniel, it says he comes from the Middle East. It says this little horn rises from the south to the east and towards the pleasant land. That's the Middle East. He rises out of the Middle East. But even more clearly, in Isaiah and in Micah, he is called the Assyrian. He will be Arab. He will not be American. Sorry, all those of you that like to read all of those 
last day books that said it's going to be an American. No, he's not going to be an American. Not anywhere close. He's going to be an Arab. He's going to be an Assyrian. He's going to be a Muslim. Well, this makes sense. Now, doesn't it make sense? Well, no wonder he hates Jews and Christians. Right now, the Muslims are looking for the 12th Imam. They are radically, rapidly looking for the 12th. Who's the 12th Imam? He is the great Mahdi who will establish the world caliphate, the one world government. And when you read the, their own Muslim writings that describe the 12th Imam or the, the great Mahdi, it is, fits perfectly with the description of the little horn, the man of sin, the beast that's described for us in the Holy Scriptures. It matches perfectly. Even says he's going to do the same thing. All Christians and Jews who will not convert to Islam will be murdered. He will control the economy. And they are, they're rapidly looking for this man right now. That's what ISIS is all about. That's what ISIS is all about. ISIS is all about establishing the caliphate so that the Mahdi can come. Okay, why am I telling you this? Because I'm wanting you to recognize the time and season in which we are living. Because when we are talking over the next months, as we talk about living the incredible life, when we talk about living this life that is like no other life, we must realize that we are living it in this time and season that scripture calls the last days. And because we're living it in this time and season that scripture calls the last days, then that means those of us who are living this kind of a life, we have to live at a level and at a spiritual sharpness and at a spiritual alertness that, that maybe your grandparents and your parents maybe didn't have to live it at because they weren't there yet. But I'm telling you, we are there and we have to live with an alertness and a sharpness and with a willingness listen, with a willingness to endure hardness and suffering that other generations in America have never had to face. But also, listen closely, we have a responsibility because Jesus Christ is about to come and our city is not one yet. And it pains me deeper than I can tell you that week after week there are Christians that come to church and they never invite anyone. They never share the gospel. Many of them never, 75% of those who consider themselves very committed Christians and who go to church on a regular basis from Monday through Saturday, they never open the Bible till they get back to church again. Folks, that kind of, that kind of, of living has got to be done away with. We have got to raise up and start living radically sold out. And we have got to start realizing, you know what? And the world is lost and I have a responsibility. I've got to win as many people as I can before Jesus comes. 
So what if they mock me, laugh at me? So what if they make fun of me? Okay, so what? That's not anything about you. It's their problem. But you do not want to meet the Lord Jesus Christ and stand before him and him say to you, uh, by the way, what did you do with your coworkers? Well, you know, they hated you, Jesus, and so I didn't say anything. I just, I just, oh, by the way, here's the talent you gave me. I hope it's okay. I brought it back to you. He's going to go, no, that's not okay. Are you, am I making sense what I'm saying? And that's why we're looking at this right at the very beginning of this series before we start going into looking at the promises and what it means to live this incredible life that we've got to recognize the time and season in which we're living this out. Because the time and season that we're living this out is not like any other time in history. I wish I had time. Go to the next slide for me. I wish I had time to show you how that we are living in a similar convergence that took place in 500 and 600 AD. When from the north came the, uh, uh, the Visigoths and, and the Franks and all of the barbarians from the north and they attacked the church and out of the south came this brand new religion that was birthed in Saudi Arabia First in Mecca and then in Medina. And in 100 years conquered all of the Middle East and all of North Africa. And, and was pushing against Europe. Both in Spain and in, uh, in what we would know today as uh, Croatia. It was pushing against Europe in 100 years. In 100 years, had conquered the heart of the Christian church. All of the churches mentioned in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 were crushed and no longer existed. In fact, all of the symbols and images of those churches were removed. It's amazing the power of that and how we are living in that same Pinzer movement right now. That same Pinzer movement. You have the Muslims that are pushing on one side saying Christians have got to stop. Christians have got to be crushed. You can't mention Christianity. You can't talk about Christianity. There can be no Christian symbols. There can be none of that. And the other from the barbarians. Humanism. Rationalism. Materialism. We don't want any images. We don't want any Christianity. Don't talk about God. Don't talk about. So you got these two pressures. Isn't it amazing? Same pressure as in five and six hundred eighty. Same pressure. Wish I had time to go into that. Don't you wish you had time to go into that? It's the same pressure. We're facing the same battle. The problem is then the church was so backslidden it hardly had any ability to stand against it. And where are we right now? The church is so lukewarm and cold. But not on my watch. Come on. Not on my watch. Amen. Not on my watch. We're going to rise up. Come on church. We're going to rise up. Not on my watch. We are so blessed that you joined us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ. Visit us online at www.winacity.com. 
If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.